0: Um, this morning's a little different in that. A number of times, uh, I, I stand up to speak. Very rarely do I stand up to speak. I say this as a grandfather in the spirit, which is, has to do with the apostolic. This morning, I, I come and I stand in and step into that place. And being having authority in relationship apostolic is not to dictate to. Or to the lord over, but as you've heard me talk about many times before, the authority is given to build up. And I stand this morning in that place to speak into, and literally, if we could, sir, is if we could about vision of dwelling place. Now, I'm a, there's a phrase here that we'll see here in a second, and I do not know that it's the exact repre- the exact wording, but I do know that the component parts are. And I stand today to speak into us. To this church as, a, uh, as in that place, to speak vision into us. And if you don't have a handout, if you would, just raise your hand up, and Jared'll will, will hand one to you. Um, so anyway, so you look behind me, and here's this picture that I've got to tell you a story about, because this has got to do with vision. And uh, back in 2002, dwelling place one part of dwelling place began in 1999, when Paul and I came from uh, Boone, the church in Boone, North Carolina, sent us up here to to start a church in relationship to on the campus of Virginia Tech. And at the same time, not knowing about it, God had sent Tom and Ingrid Burby uh, from Reno, Nevada, out here. To be here, and they started a church, and then God sent Mark and Margie Acres here. Uh, well, they lived here before, but they were back down south, and and then they come back up here and started a church. So all these two, these three little churches, birthing, and literally not knowing either one of them existed, except a few people that would go, to, <laughs> happen to go through all three of them at some point in time. Weird chain of events where I think, I can't remember who orchestrated or what, but somebody orchestrated a, a prayer meeting between Tom and, and, and Mark and Terry Halton, I guess, Terry, you, were you at that? No, you weren't at that prayer meeting, were you? No, you weren't. But Mitch and I. Bill Seton was there. And the three, of the three churches started, we were just getting together to pray, but literally out of that, God... Uh, took and did not cause a church split, but God caused the church uniting. It's kind of crazy. The, the fabric of, that, of those three churches coming together is seamless. There's no division in it. It's kind of amazing. It's a miracle, really, and how it's all transpired um, and, and in it. Well, in, when that started in 99, in that, in that time frame, Around 2001, my brother died of Alzheimer's disease, and uh, he and I was in business together, and down in South Florida, and and uh, and so the pressure on me was to go back to Florida, and to step into that place in business, uh, to, to keep it going. But at the same time, uh, a relationship that I had with Dunklin Memorial Camp, God was uh, there was an invitation to come and work there and train just train i went and visited robbie and tony i'm going hey you know mickey evans just asked us come down here and i'm going dude i mean spiritual father and my natural father going come that's a lot of force so much in paul and i you know we we went down to florida to look for a house to live and at the same time you know I'm going, well, we're moving to Florida. You know, moving to Florida. My part in this, this place called Dwelling Place would, was really a, at this place. And, uh, I mean, I was torn. I was headed there. And there was an event that just caused things to, to just shift mightily. You know, at the same time, Tom and Mark and, and Mitch, uh, Mitch wasn't an elder at that time, but Tom and Mark were speaking and saying, oh, we don't think this is God." And Paul is going, "I'll submit." When your wife says, "I'll submit," let that be an alarm to go off. <laughs> Cry for help, you know. <laughs> and uh, So anyway, uh, you know, and in that time, I had a vision from the Lord. I saw God with a survey stake. I just saw him, and he slammed it down in the ground, and he says, "Behold, now I don't speak that, but so, but I give you authority in this region." Well, it just affected my heart, and I'm going, "Babe, we're here. We're here," and uh, it's like Mitch. I heard Mitch testifying about it earlier. You know, uh, you know, it just changed the whole atmosphere, changed the atmosphere in my heart, changed the atmosphere in dwelling place. Uh, we. We were, st- work, we were meeting in Blacksburg Middle School, which no longer exists. The old Blacksburg Middle School, which is just a just a field right now, downtown Blacksburg, and uh, and that's when God gave us this building. Debbie Cooper and Carla Howard supernaturally getting revelation that we're supposed to buy this building. Just crazy chain of events just started cascading, right after that vision. Well, in relationship to that, on. Uh, I think on Paula and I's 25th anniversary, Jessie, I mean Loretta's daughter, um, didn't, just knew that she was supposed to paint a picture for me. She was an intern at the time. I believe she was an intern at the time. And I think, to make sure I tell the story right, but she literally took a prayer shawl and put it over her head and just prayed in her room. and uh, And this picture came out of it as a reflection of of the stake that God was giving in this region. Well, as time progressed and the things that we've gone down through the years and some of the goofiness that we've experienced in, in a few years, be honest with you, this picture became a point of, of um, disdain into my heart. I just, I told Tula, I said, I saw it up back there and I said, get rid of that picture. I said, you know, just move it, do something with it, you know. Just every time I'd see it, I'd just like, ah. And uh, we had an all day prayer meeting um, last Friday out at the house, and, and uh, two things came together. Mark, is Mark Akers here? Mark, not here. Uh, Mark and Mitch, all of a sudden, this picture comes up. They bring it up. Mark goes, I think we need to have a rebirth of this picture. And I'm going, I don't want that, too. <laughs> and then Mitch goes, uh, he said, uh, what did you say? Every time you say oh, yeah, he reminded me. He said, Rick, that ain't right for you every time you look at that picture. let paraphrase is, That ain't right every time you look at this picture. Something's in you. You know. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> So anyway, so anyway, Mitch, uh, so as we were, were praying along, and all of a sudden Mitch said something, and when he said it, it just like shattered something in my heart. And he said, and he said about this picture, and he said, and when God gave us, paraphrase, God gave us that vision, that picture, and he said, us, and I'm going, that's it. Because, see, from that time in 2002, when I saw that vision, I received that the authority in this region was in relationship to me. and Y'all, that can be, that can be pretty heavy. And I just grew to hate it. And you know the thing that's been in our hearts is, is and then when Mitch said, us, I'm going, that's it. The church is not about a person. A church is about a people. And so, you know, but there is there's a place as a grandfather, I'm gonna take that place right now, and show in that video, that is the times that I can speak into, into the fabric of something. And that's what I do today to birth into alive this picture again, into this church, and that it has meaning into our hearts. At stake, what is it? Well, let's... Now, again, when we read this vision, I just want you to... This vision statement, I don't want you to say that's the exact words, but it's just what is... The component parts of it is just what's come out of... Into me, out of heaven. And I, I told Mitch, I said, I don't know if it's dwelling place, but I know it's me. And listen to this, if we would. Making a difference by embracing God's heart... And pursuing his presence making a difference by em- embracing God's heart and pursuing His presence. You know, uh, that's a, there's a few short words there, and I, you've heard me mention this before, but you know, like the, you know, my, my abilities in mathematics were very limited, and how I judged whether an equation in algebra 2 was hard or not was how big the equation was. When I saw E equals MC squared, I'm going, that's easy. That's just a few little variables there. And then somebody told me, no, 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 that's really not the case. This is really big equation. This is E equals MC squared. And I could preach for days on the component parts of this. So, So let me just real quick just say this. Why is vision important? And let's go on. First off, in Proverbs 29, 18 says, you know, where there is no vision, people are unrestrained. You cast off restraint. Where you see an Olympic athlete, they have a vision that they're going to compete in the Olympics. And everything in their lives is ordered in that way. When I had a vision that I'd play college football, or that I lifted weights, and everything that I did was in that direction. But when all of a sudden that I received, uh, I just sort of said, well, I'm not going to play football. Guess what? Restraint in relationship to working out and stuff like that. Went from playing football to impress Paula. I mean, no. (laughs) No, but uh, so, or however, whatever. But where there is no vision, people cast off restraint. One of the things that we found in Dwelling Place and seen in Dwelling Place in recent days is that there's no vision. Literally, what's happening is you see people just casting off restraint. So what else is it? Notice what it says in Habakkuk 2.2. There's very important things here. Then the Lord answered me and says record the vision and inscribe it on tablets that that the one who reads it may run. Two important things about it. God says inscribe it. Write it down. Let it be seen. Let it be known. Why? That we may run. That those who hear it may run, like it says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 26. And I don't know if that passage is up there. Can we go to the next slide, please? No, I didn't put it in there. Because, because in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 26, Paul makes a statement. He says that we may run not as without aim. You know, it'd be stupid for a, for a track runner to, to not uh, he's gonna run, oh, I'm gonna run, I'm gonna run a race, but he's gotta know the aim. What's the finish line? If you aim at nothing, you'll what? Hit nothing. You'll hit it every time. That's right. Nothing. But God says, write the vision down. That those who hear it may know how to run. And this is one of the things that in doing this and and presenting this to you today, that every component part of dwelling place may run in a particular way. That we may head in the same direction that tests the motives of everything that we do and say. So why is this vision important? It has three parts, very important. So I'm going to take the first part last because it's not the most important part. Because notice in the, if you remember, it says um, making a difference by. If you can see it in there, by. Y'all, I came out of Southern Baptist background. And bless God for Southern Baptist. Praise God. I got so many great things out of that background. But one of the things that was a bummer for me is that that it was, you know, missions, sharing the gospel. Yeah, which is cool. But it was all at the stake of, of, of people. And also, it was out of duty instead of the revelation of God and a heart, there's a difference. It's an overflow versus trying to pump it out. You know, making a difference by, and we'll talk about the making a difference in a few minutes, but by what? Notice the heart of David in Acts chapter 13, verse 22, embracing the heart of God. I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart, who will do all my will. You know, there's there's two ways to read that, is that he reflected God's heart, but I believe it that David was a man that pursued the heart of God. That was the thing of David. He he wasn't, one, like the children of Israel, sought to know God's works. David was a man that went for the heart of God, embracing God's heart who he is the things that he's that he's in love with who he is the depths of who he is and and y'all when we see who he is it changes us y'all i'm saying this i am sick you've heard me say this before i am sick of religion i am sick of religious formations it is to me in the taste of religion in my mouth is the taste of after you have got sick at the stomach and you have thrown up. And excuse me, but it is just that way. That when I sit down and hear people, you got to be, you know, do this, do that. Oh, it comes out of the revelation of his heart. Like in 2 Corinthians 3.18. The glory. When we, with an unveiled face, is beholding in a mirror the glory of the Lord. It what, it what, what does it say? Transforms us from what, glory to glory. There's when Emil and Rana, God's heart. I wrote a book. I've wrote a book in its outline form right now called "The Heart of the Matter." The heart of the Father, the heart of the Son, or daughter. The heart of the brother, Jesus. The heart of the the bridegroom. The heart of the church, the bride. The heart of the Holy Spirit. One of the convictions that God has shown me is when I see the heart of who God is, it transforms me into the same image. That's what it says. So when I embrace, and what God's shown me, the love of God in at least three facets. The love of the father, the love of the bridegroom, the love of the brother. And when I embrace and see the heart of the Father, the love of the Father, you know what it does? Not only does it change my heart in relationship to Him, but it empowers me and it releases in me the heart of a Father. The heart of a bridegroom. Y'all, the destiny in me is to love Paula as Christ loved the church. I can't do that. I cannot do that. I mean, look at the scale of that. You husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Dude, that's here and I don't know where I am. (laughs) It's probably on the other side of the earth from it. But you know what? Uh, The only way that I can love Paula, we love because he what? First loved us. The only way that I can love Paula with the love of the, the bridegroom is to what? First receive the love of the what? The bridegroom. How can I love Shay and Leela and Michelle with the heart of the Father God? It's but to first be loved by the Father. How can I love you with the love of the brother Jesus? Six times Jesus was referred to us as our brother. How can I do that? First be loved as a brother. So When we embrace the heart, the heart of God, I'm embracing his nature and his heart, his character. And y'all, I can't hold on to that stuff. I cannot hold on to my crap, my brokenness, and then hold to the nature of the bridegroom Jesus. I can't. I can't hold anger and bitterness toward a brother like Mitch. Many times I want to slap him and he wants to slap me. (laughs) But I can't when I'm receiving the love of the brother Jesus and he's saying, I lay my life down for you. Yeah. And when I Guess this, y'all. When we receive this, this is in 2 Corinthians 3.18. Look in 2 Corinthians 4. You remember there's no, verse, there's, no, there's no verse divisions or chapter divisions. But if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving. If our gospel is veiled, what's veiled? I'll tell you what's veiled is our hearts. If our gospel are veiled, let's say this, if our hearts are veiled, in other words, the sun, the moon has no illuminary characteristics of itself, but only what it has, it, the light it reflects is what it receives from the sun. Oh, the love that is the destiny in me can only be expressed as I receive the love or the nature and character of the, of the heart of, the, of God in its many facets but go on it says so so I'm sorry um, in case God was worth, so that they might not see the light of the glory of the gospel who is the image of God go to the next one which says we do not preach ourselves Christ Jesus as ourselves as your bond servants for, for Jesus sake we well, got get this y'all for God said light shall shine out of darkness where is the darkness y'all here there's dark stuff that's been here. There's stuff in here that ain't here anymore, OK? And I don't think you know what that means, but. but it ain't no longer dark. It was dark. but then when the light of the truth of God comes in there, God said, "Light shall shine out of darkness." And what does that light show? Get us with, is the one who has shown in our hearts, think sun and moon. Who is shown in our hearts to give light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ? All I do is reflect the love and acceptance, the goodness of God to the world. Because watch what happens. Next verse. But we have this treasure in earthen ves- earth vessels. Earthen vessels. Earthen vessels. What's that mean? Earthen vessels. You're a spiritual being in an earthen vessel, pliable, hurts, it pains, it suffers, it's treasure in earthen vessels. Guess what? Why is it in an earthen vessel? Why? (laughs) So that the surpassing greatness of the power of God (laughs) may be from God and not of what? Us. Just see the light. Just see Jesus. Just see Jesus. Just see the Father, Holy Spirit. Yeah. The heart. Not not just see them. It's not a theological concept. It's a person. Person of God the Father. Person of God the Son. Person of God the Holy Spirit. The revelation of God Himself in us. Embracing it. Y'all, the only thing is to see it and receive it. See it and receive it. And notice on a statement there, I said, if we are seeing and receiving his heart, it changes us. But when others see God's heart in us, how about that, y'all? I don't have to generate this up. All I'm asking, all it says, what I believe God told me this, is when the world sees God's heart, in us, it releases the power to change them. God's power will back up his nature. God's power will not back up Rick Sizemore. Too many times I go out and speak with, the, with my words, and God's the power of heaven is not there to back up Rick Sizemore's words. And who Rick Sizemore is, Rick Sizemore can't change anybody. But what? The light of the glory of gospel in me reflecting out can change people's lives. It's not Rick Sizemore. It's the glory of God in the face of Christ. They look and they they look and they see Stephanie and they go, Wait a minute, wait a minute. I know your physical name, Stephanie. But I, I reckon you're Jesus. Jesus in there. That's it. It's not us. It's him. Embracing his heart. The world's not after a, a religious structure. They're after a heart. That's why I love Misty Edwards' song, arms wide ar- open, but heart exposed. So embracing his heart. Let's go on. Pursuing his presence. Psalm twenty seven. Verse eight. When it uses face in the Hebrew, it's really, really, it's it's presence. Many times, like when God, you know, like in Exodus chapter thirty-three, when Moses said, you know, let you know, don't, don't you know, don't lead us up from here unless your presence come with. Us. That's the Hebrew word for face. But in Psalm twenty-seven, verse eight, when it says, "I'm sorry, back up." That one. When, when you said, "Seek my presence," my heart said to you. To you, your presence I shall seek. And here's the thing that I just want to speak into us in dwelling place. The purpose and existence of everything we do is to embrace his heart and to pursue after his presence. Because it's his presence that just means everything. Let's go to the next slide. Notice in this slide here, in Moses, in, in Exodus 33, 14, 15, after Israel had sinned, God said, I'll give you the promise, I'll give you the land, I'll give you the promised land but my presence will go up with you. Moses said to God, says, God, if you don't lead us up, if your presence does not go up, do not lead us from here. He's, in other words, he's saying, God, I don't want the promise without you. And you know how it is many times in our lives. There's a time that where we have a choice, God's promises or God's presence. It's like God's promises will come before, and it's a test. Do we want him? More than his promises. And that's what's literally happened in 1 Samuel chapter 8. When the children of Israel asked for a king, they claimed a promise out of Deuteronomy 17. They verbatim quoted the promise. But they pursued the promise over God's presence. They pursuit, God. You, God. You, what I want. Many of you are single. And, and the question is, you know God says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. But the reality is, does it go on later out in verse 12, where it says, when you search for me and seek for me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. A pursuit of heart of just God and God alone. But like also in, in with Gideon, when Gideon goes, God, you know, you know, God, the angel says to him, oh, valiant warrior, the Lord is with you. And Gideon's like, who? 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 I, yeah, my family's the, the least in all of Israel. I'm the least in my family, and you're saying, "Oh, warrior, I ain't done nothing." And the angel comes on, summarizes it up, and he says, "The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you." You know, one of the things that God has done, and I didn't know it why He did it. But he told us to do have when you know, just for a season. For and I, I still think it's going on, and just today is just like a commercial, but where multiples of people have been speaking. You know why God's doing that? Told you that? That there'd be recognition that the treasures are in this body. Shelly Harris, she in here tonight? Where is she? She's, oh, back in the back, in the room. All I heard last week Shelly Harris, oh, she preached it. Shelly Harris preached it. Wow. Dude, every week, hang, you know, Ingrid Burby in her watch. Why? God's presence manifested in the midst of the body. There's no, everyone in the body is, oh, valiant warriors. There's nobody to go, oh, God's with Rick. Maybe you can let Rick pray for you. No, 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 no. God's presence says what? There's no junior Holy Spirit. I pursued him, him, and his presence. In Joshua 1.9, God says, Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. Why? For the Lord your God is with you. It is with you. Jesus. Ah, yeah. pursued just the presence of the Father in John 16, 32, where Jesus says, There's an hour coming, and now is, when each of you will be scattered, each to his own. But yet I will not be alone, for the Father is... Is with me? How could he face the, the, the traumas of the cross? He knew that the Father was with him and would not leave him even though when he took on sin he cries out, my God, my God why have you forsaken me? Why is that? That's the effects of sin and, and pain and sorrow when the world was clouding out the revelations and the reality that his Father was with him. But his Father was with him. That's how he could go on. God's with you. How about us? First John four four. Greater is he, what? It's all said. It. Greater you repeat after me, greater is he, greater is he that, is that is in me than he, than he or, what or what is in the world. In the world. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 32. I mean the thirty-two, I'm sorry, twenty-four. There's a thing in the body of Christ now where where are um, and I, I please, I, I ask that I speak this. There's a pressure in the body of Christ to dumb down the manifestation of God's presence. Tom, uh, Tom uh, um, Ariel, who works in a church out in California, one of the things that, kind of California, Colorado, it started with C, so <laughs> it's out there. <laughs> but, uh. Just Ariel, when she was here, it was just a lot of being around you, all of her family, and you know, which you know, just kind of blew her out of the water. And there was just a thing that where, you know, we're talking about the presence of God in charismatic churches is just uh, dumbed down. I'm just using that term, subdued, and and where you was common sense. Uh, how does she say it? Common sense, good sense, char- good sense, charismatics. Well, I just want to say, uh, y'all, when God's presence shows up and he walks and moves among us, listen to this. If I'll prophesy an unbeliever, an ungifted man enters in, he's convicted by all, he's convicted by all. The secrets of his heart are disclosed and he will fall on his face in worship, declaring what? Certainly, God is what? Among you. That's a pursuing of a people of God, God's presence. Not to be ashamed of His presence. Not to be ashamed of a manifestation of His Spirit. Not to be ashamed of how a manifestation of His Spirit in me may be. Or in you. But to pursue His presence and however He manifests Himself, He manifests Himself. He dictates the flow of ministry in this church. His presence, not us. But we have to pursue Him. Pursue love, because He is love, but desire earnestly spirituals. Because why? Because our God is a spirit. So, a heart and men and women that pursue the presence of God, y'all, not just in here. Not just in here. How about out there? How about out there? Oh, I love the testimonies where God shows up. Not here. Oh, I love it here. But the ones I really, really like are when God shows up out there. Y'all remember time, robbing and Tony, Paul and you and I and, and Hannah and we were at Cracker Barrel up and you know, Barrel, we're sitting there running our mouths and our food's being delayed, and all of a sudden this waitress comes up and pulls up a chair right beside me and says, Y'all pray for us. Poor me. You remember that? Dude, what was that? God's presence. Or or I love testimony of one friend of mine, guy I know. Right after he got saved, God manifested him in power. I mean power. He goes to the grocery store. Then he's in a, the line like it, you know Kroger's person in front of him. And he just starts minishing Jesus. Or, or no, he gets up to the, I think he gets up to the, uh, the cash, cashier. Cashier puts her hand out to do something. He accidentally put his hand out and he touched hers. The power of God hits her. She falls out under the power of God. He turns around; the lady behind him is falling out of the power of God, and he's going, "God, what are you know? What is this?" Or at the middle of uh, a Radford University campus, and a student, a couple of students walking around. No, no, I'm sorry, it wasn't Radford; it was App State. Two students coming across, and they run across another friend from another ministry. And they said, oh, how are you doing? What's going on? Man, to be honest with you, there's a bad headache today. He says, well, man, we can pray for that. So they lay hands on her and prayed for her to be healed, and the power of God hits her, and she falls out in the spirit right there. This girl was from Baptist ministry. She falls out in the power of God, and she gets up, and she's instantly healed. God's presence. Wherever. God's presence. Because there is God's presence, let's go to the next slide. The reality of pursuit of God's presence. Somebody may say, "Well, Rick, you know, well, you know, God's in you. You got His presence." Yeah, 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 yeah. But there, but notice this passage. You've heard me say it before. But just God said, "I will dwell in them." That's God's presence in us, and I will walk among them. That's corporate presence. He says, uh, "Therefore, come out from their midst, be separate," says the Lord, "and do not touch what is unclean, and I will." welcome you. What in the world is that? Welcome you where? What? Because why? With the reality. Go to the next slide. 1 Corinthians 6.17 says, let back up. In us, among us, in the heavenlies. Can you say it with me? In us, among us, in the heavenlies. 1 Corinthians 6.19, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? But here's the reality. When you know Jesus your Lord and Savior, Stephanie, her body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. But you do know, it says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, do not be drunk with wine. Be be what? Filled with the Holy Spirit. There's a facet where you pursue the presence of God, the filling of the Spirit. The difference is like a Coke bottle. You take a Coke bottle and you take a balloon and stick in it. The balloon, the Coke bottle is indwelt with the Coke bottle. I mean, no, wait a minute. The Coke bottle is indwelt with the balloon. But then you can take the balloon and blow it up. And so all of a sudden the Coke bottle is filled with the balloon. Holy Spirit, God's saying, be filled with the Spirit. You know how it is. You know, like where you, you know, the times that we're, you know, like wherever you have an opening in your body, Holy Spirit's coming out. Oh, sorry. I had a friend one time. Got him Jeff Bardell. He'd got his right arm cut off. Right arm. Yeah, right arm cut off. He was in high school, got his right arm cut off in a, in a manufacturing accident. And uh we gotta get him here sometime testimony. But I mean, dude, guy got an attitude of don't quit. He got his right arm cut off, but he he just learned to play golf one-hand and could shoot just above par, one-handed. Wouldn't refuse to quit. You remember Jeff? But Jeff, he went to a campus, went to do this youth conference, and he went with, uh, that's when we were at App State, and he, he got all messed up in Holy Ghost. But how the Holy Spirit got on him, his arm would shake. His only arm would shake. And he'd just do this. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. And, and he got fried out on this one particular weekend. But he couldn't, he just couldn't sober up. And the next, on Monday, he had to present a paper in school and so he's up there and he's feeling the spirit he's praying for god to help him do the paper but all of a sudden he's going god not too much god but that he's feeling the holy spirit come on and when he gets up all of a sudden his hands going, oh god, god. and he's going oh god. you know he's wanting to do this <laughs> because why oh god's this presence over him he's being filled with the spirit Pursuing God's presence in us, He's in you. But the reality is, does He permeate everything about who we are? That's what Ephesians five eighteen it says: "Be not drunk with wine, verse excess. Be filled." Literally, present tense, past, present, passive imperative, continually be filled. Go on. Second Corinthians in, in verse eighteen, where two or three are gathered in My name, there I am in their midst. In our midst, y'all. The manifestations of the Spirit are. Paul said, my preaching and teaching were not enticing words of wisdom, but in what? In demonstration of the Spirit, that men's faith would not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the what? Power of God. Because why? Guess what? The body, the Spirit of God starts to manifest in our midst. Yes. So God's Spirit among us. God's Spirit among us. Go, go on. How about the heavenlies? Therefore, since we have confidence to enter the most, what? Holy place. That's heavenlies. Y'all go and enjoy it. Go on. It's God's presence among us. What is it? The presence of God is what? Fullness of joy. Just drink, you know. But let me go on. they get too much, we'll carry them out. I don't have a problem having a room designated room, drunk room. You remember we did that a couple of years ago, it happened. It was kind of funny to me. I mean, we started carrying people out and I look back and all of a sudden, Jim Ebel, this is before the accident, he's walking across. I mean, just walking across and he's, I'm going, where are you going, Jim? He goes, that's where I want to be. (laughs) people had a choice (laughs) hear me preach or (laughs) that's what Jim was saying (laughs) oh Jesus embracing his heart pursuing his presence both just in us among us and y'all can I I stop real quick for the among us Uh, curious question Show of hands for you who are part of Dwelling Place. How many of you have had company come in from out of town, and when you were going to bring them to church, one of your first prayers is, Lord, let it be a calm service? (laughs) (laughs) Case closed. Oh, the goal is, y'all, First Corinthians 14. Let God, you know. <laughs> I just wanted, this is a support group here. <laughs> okay. Embracing his heart, pursuing his presence. Can you say this with me? God, God. come on now, come on. <laughs> you kind of don't know what I'm going to lead you to,
1: okay?
0: <laughs> so trust me. God, God. I, want you. I want you. And you alone. alone. Let that be our heart. Let it be that if there's a meeting and dwelling place, That the purpose of that meeting is to embrace the heart of God. When you embrace his heart, you have to reflect his heart. And in that, God, you show up in our midst. That we not depend on soulish wisdom. That we pursue his presence. Because one word from God equals, not only equal, overcomes millions of sermons. One touch of the reality of God changes a life forever. Making a difference. Making a difference. Go to this. Notice what it says. And I, and I dotted, dot, dot. I took out. Okay. But I just want you to catch this. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You are salt. Yeah. You are salt. You are light. And the commission in it is, y'all, Notice, you are light of the world. You are salt of the world. Because we are salt and light, let it shine. Let it shine. Let your light show shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works. And we know, y'all, you know in dwelling place, that anytime you're starting to see works and you're seeing the works of God, y'all, it's always got to do with some type of relationship. And y'all... Good works can whatever. But it, all it does is reflects the heart of a God to love on somebody. Or just be there words or actions. You know, like it says in 1 John, that we love one another indeed and in truth. Our actions. Making a difference, y'all. That wherever we go, I y'all, I just asked this. Y'all, oh, wherever we go, we make a difference. We're salt. We're light. Let it shine. There's a passage in Revelations that I hope I have it. Did I? Yeah. Well, yeah. This passage, God, told me to put in here. You know, y'all. There's no more nothing more mundane than eating and drinking. I mean, I mean, you know, that's just the basic necessities of life, basic here. But what he says is, whatever then you eat or drink, whatever you do, do for the glory of God. That wherever you're at, you're going to make a difference. Whether it's in a restaurant, like I just told you about Robbie and Tony and us in a restaurant, we're, we're the goal, not the goal, but my the heart the commission from God in my life is to be a difference. That there's not a circumstance or situation anywhere that you and I would step into it that it would remain the same. Now go to the next passage of scripture in Revelation chapter 3. Oh well, I didn't put it in there. <laughs> Revelation chapter 3 verse 16. Where, where it says, Jesus is speaking to the churches. He says, I would that you either be hot or cold, but you're lukewarm, and I will, what? There it is. Oh, thank you. Sarah, Sarah's good. Be, so, because you're lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of the mouth. Uh, well, I must be quoting the old King James Version in my latter days. So, huh? lukewarm, hot or cold? What's the deal? I was asking the Lord, what's the deal? Hot or cold? Because you're lukewarm, spit you out of my mouth. And I said Lord one time, and and the picture of my mind came out like a, a spoon with three glasses of water. One glass of ice water, one glass of hot water, and one glass of just water. Take a spoon, stick it in the hot water, pull it out, Suddenly the spoon becomes what? Take a spoon, stick it in ice water, pull it out. It's what? You pick a spoon and put it in the middle and The water, that spoon is what? Whatever temperature it was, it was wet. That was a good illustration, Richard. But anyway, it's wet spoon, but it's normal temperature. <laughs> and so, what uh, God's heart in this, y'all, is that when people in the world, they, they, y'all, I'm be honest with you, they're begging for something different. Oh, President Obama was elected over one word that his whole campaign was about. Anybody remember one of the one word? The world's hungry for it. He was promising change, but guess what? There's only one true change maker, and that's Jesus. And so God's calling us in dwelling place, and this is where I just want to speak into this picture, that both individually and corporately, that whoever, whatever we do, we make a difference. What if dwelling place instantly right now ceased to exist? The thing that grieves my heart, would the new river valley go, dude, there is a massive gap? Or would it go, could they just carry on as normal? Let me ask you this. In relationships in your life and around if all of a sudden something happened to you and there was a partial rapture and you were taken out. <laughs> Just one person. <laughs> I don't want to speak death in anything. <laughs> <laughs> would your friends, could they, would, would they, would you be missed? In a, in a positive way. I mean, when you step in, does the presence of god step in I'm going to tell you I love the I love the realities when I when I step into a place and god's presence is manifesting itself or you're in a conversation and and or I, you know like when we were at East Stone Gap one of my favorite things to do when we first got there it was a pool hall right across the street and uh, and when I first got there, right on the, there was a there was a there was a ditch. There was a culvert right there in the front of the church that crossed the road, and all the local people, teenagers and just above teenagers, <laughs> hung out. And I'm going, they're hanging out there. I'm going, dude, that's an invitation. And you know what? I, I resolved in my heart, yeah. When I stepped into that circle, that circle's going to be different. Oh, not that I'm going to step in there as the Holy Ghost nerd. No, you know. No, but, but when I step in there, you know what? They know something's different. They know something different. You know. Yeah, I won't go there. So anyway. So anyway. Let it be. Vision of dwelling place, the stake, has the elements making a difference by embracing his heart and pursuing his presence. Can I have an amen? amen. So, you got something you want to add? You got something you want to add? I think we need to pray. We're gonna pray over this picture, and then we want to pray over uh, you, too. Go ahead. Yeah. Can I have the elders, elders' wives, come up, please? Can we just stand as a body and
1: agree with this? One of the things the Lord just kept, and and this is the reason that as Rick and um, Rick kind of kept getting this this disdain for the picture, I kept it kept bothering me a lot, you know, because I, I feel like the Lord gave us this picture because I I felt like the stake was dwelling place. And the guy, I think a lot of times people interpret it, the guy's Rick and he's putting a stake in the ground. I always felt like it was God driving the stake of dwelling place into this region. And I just felt like that's what I just want to agree with and pray that as God is doing that and So, Lord, I just pray, Lord, we just want to agree, God, just agree, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord God, is. You've just declared, Lord, even as Mark spoke that, God, just a, a reinstitution of God, the vision and really the call that, God, not only have you given Rick authority in this region, God, you've given dwelling place, God, the body of Christ, authority in this region, God, and to, to make a difference, God, to, uh, to pursue your presence, to embrace your heart, and, Lord, God, to, to and Lord, just embed that in the New River Valley. God, I just pray it would just be, just spread like wildfire, Lord. That is, Lord, not that, Lord, not that, like you said, anything coming from us, but it's from you, Lord God. Just your heart, your presence, God, that we can stand and see that, Lord, this New River Valley changed for your kingdom, for your glory, for your namesake. So Lord, I, that that is my prayer, Lord God, just in the name of Jesus, God, that as you have driven, Lord, dwelling place into this land, into this community, into this New River Valley, God, I pray, God, just as we as a body, God, would just... Uh, form up God, just the things that even we 're talking about, Lord is connecting, growing, and giving God, that we would just come under and just really watch the kingdom of God, just transform us from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory, God, I just pray that, God, we ask for that in the name of Jesus God. Father, I pray that, God, we each would just, Lord, within ourselves, Lord, just take that on. Lord, whether the words, Lord, like Rick said, the words stay the same or not. But, Lord, I do know that those are facets, God, that we've got to make impact by seeing your heart declared, seeing your presence manifested in this place, God. You're it, Lord. So when Peter came down to that same fact, God, where else are we going to go? Lord, where else are we going to go? You have the words of life. You have the, the, the presence of God is it. God, you're with us. And, Lord, we just pray that. And, Lord, I just want to make that declaration as we as elders just stand and just declare that, God. I just pray that you would just do a, a mighty, Lord, work in, in just embedding that into this body, God, and into this New River Valley. We just pray. We just pray.
0: Lord, I just... Uh... I just call forth intentionality. Lord, that we're intentional to make a difference. But Lord, knowing, uh, Lord, and in that place, Lord, that we ask for the strategies of heaven, which come forth, Lord, from your heart and come forth out of your presence. Lord, that your strategies to, to touch the wounded and the broken, your strategies that businesses in this community would declare and reflect the goodness and the glory of God. Lord, the, your heart to bless. So, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus for clear strategies in the men and women of God in this body. Lord, it's not called to come out of us of select leadership. But, Lord, I, you've called it to come forth out of the men and women of this body. Wherever they're at, Lord, you've given them the authority to make a difference. And, Lord, when they walk in, but, Lord, in that place that they would not, we would not lose sight of your heart. That we see constantly your heart knowing that when we see you, it changes us from glory to glory. Just transforms us. But Lord, as the transformation of you in us will transform the world. So Lord, I just ask in Jesus' name, Lord, for the strategies of heaven. Lord, I also call forth, Lord, revelations of your heart. Unveil our eyes, Lord, to see who you are. A face is unveiled. Lord, I just pray, Lord, that... Uh, Lord, it's like uh, Alec just prayed yesterday at the... That are declared yesterday at the, the Beth and Alpen's wedding, Lord, that we would be salted with the hungers of you. And Lord, I declare it in relationship to your presence. That we would be thirsty for you. And Lord, we, we would not sedate those places, Lord, of, that lack... You by the things of this world. Lord, you called us to eat steak, but Lord, we're eating donuts. So Lord, I pray that we be filled with the reality to be just nourished with the fullness of you. God, I call forth and I declare birthing right now in the name of Jesus. I call forth visions of heaven and we declare it. In the name of Jesus, amen, 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 amen. (laughs) Any of y'all got anything you want to add? Well, this crew's up here. If anybody in here, anything in relationship I said today touched your heart, you want to just receive just, just refreshing and empowerment of his spirit, revelations of him to make a difference? We'll pray for you. So, we love y'all. God bless. Amen? Amen.